Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews and theatre-themed booze. Welcome back to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast and Merry Christmas, it's December. I'm sat in a hat and a hot water bottle and a blanket and two pairs of socks. I have put my heating on, it'll just take a while to warm up. (laughs) By the end of this episode, um, you will be warm. I'll be naked. I promise. <laughs> It'll be the towel incident all over again. Just me sat here in a towel. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you feeling Christmassy? Yeah, I am. I watched Miracle on 34th Street this morning. With a little girl with a lisp. With a little girl with a lisp. And David Attenborough. It was not David Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Oh. Yeah, it was really good. I love. I do love a Christmas film. I love a Christmas film. I watched one this week also. What did you watch? It's a brand new Christmas film. It's on Now TV. Yeah. It's called This Is Christmas. And it had good reviews. Digital Spy said it was a festive treat. I was really excited. <clears throat> That's a great review. Who was in it? Anyone I don't know? Alfred Enoch. Nadia oh, yeah, Parks. Is he from Harry Potter? Yeah, he was in Harry Potter, and then he was in that TV show, How to Get Away with Murder, the Shonda Rhimes show, and he was in the West End not too long ago with um, Alfred Molina doing that play Red. Oh, well, he's yeah. bloody irritating in this. Is he? Oh, Is he's it really... such a wet blanket. <laughs> like he's... So it's not a good film. It's okay. So you know how there are bad films that are actually enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. Okay, because it's like those. it's so irritating, especially at Christmas. Yeah, um, and you know, Tim, and it's got a good cast. Timothy Small. Um, what's the actress from Spool. Th- Spool? What's the actress from Thick of It that I love that plays Terry? Oh yes, Joanna Scanlon. She's great. I really like her. So it had all of the makings of what I thought was going to be a really great Christmas film. Um, but oh my goodness, like even you know this guy's like working at an advertising agency and he's I don't know if we'll be able to keep the lights on this year unless we get something soon yeah like cheesy on it's, the nose it's it was cringe and none of it made sense and he was just yeah also whoever put him in these horrendous jumpers in every single scene and it's like he was talking to he he looks at everybody that he gets on this commuter train which I look actually looked up the journey that he's taking it's set in this like very quaint the mm-hmm. holiday-esque town yeah. it's four hours from London so he's doing a four-hour commute every day with the same people wow. Funnily enough, they all sit in the same train carriage. Every day. It's funny that, isn't yeah. it? And he's like, why are we not talking to each other? We It's Christmas. We what should... Christmas is all about. It is. What if we put on a Christmas, um, you know, a party for all of us? What if I invited this marketing lady that I'm trying to win? You know what I mean? Yeah. You see where this is going? Um, it was awful. Just super cheap. Yeah, I've been watching quite a few of the Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies, like made-for-TV Christmas movies, so like bad, bad. The ones they have on Channel 5 all the time. But mm-hmm. again, I kind of enjoy them. Like, <laughs> the more terrible, the better. And every single Lifetime movie has the same storyline. It's like a career woman from New York who's sent to a small town where there's like a failing bakery or a toy shop that's failing that happens to be run by like a really cute guy and he's just a dreamer. And He's a widower. He's always a widower. Um, and maybe there's like a cute kid involved and then she learns, you know, the magic of Christmas. Well, this, this man's, this man's wife, girlfriend, um, was a businesswoman and I knew that because she wore a shirt in every single scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she wanted to, him to come to a very important meeting, um, with some clients that were over from New York. Oh, but it was, yeah, Yeah. from New York. Um, and it was on the same night that he was organizing this Christmas party. Oh, how dare she? How dare she want him to support her in her career? In her career, when he was just trying to do something That's for the people bitch. on the train, he just had it was in the diary, and she was, it was made already to, in the diary. Was yeah, the diary. No, but she's she now was the made to look like an absolute Scrooge. Yeah, 
it was just oh, so, <laughs> so I might watch it just because it sounds so bad. Please do. The best bit was Timothy Spool's character was like some sort of like you know babbling ex Liverpool like alcoholic who had these medals. Ex Liverpool alcoholic. So he used to be from Liverpool. <laughs> still an alcoholic. I meant I meant a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> And he sort of does this big, like, you stole my medals. And this kid's like, I was getting them framed for your grandson. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was. And he waits for him oh, to literally slip. physically attack him and be calmed down, stood there with this present wrapped up. <laughs> At no point to did... explain, yeah. Yeah, did you say, like, please don't upset yourself. No, no, I'll let you have this violent outburst and then I'll tell you. Yeah, so the audience can get all hyped up and then really have their hearts touched. Yeah. I love it. I love the Christmas cheese. Um, but before cheese, one must have booze, darling. Oh, yes. And we haven't had a cocktail on the podcast for a few episodes now, which is bad. But mm-hmm. So I'm going to make one this time. Okay. And the big show we are reviewing, which we didn't say at the top. No, we said, didn't say at the top. We're doing Newsies, which is a brand new musical, big Disney musical. We've talked about it on the podcast before. It's just opened in London. So we've got that coming up. And so... It's set in turn of the century, 1899, so very end of the 19th century. So I'm doing a classic cocktail, or a variation. There's a classic cocktail called the 20th century, and there's a variation called the 19th century. So that's what I'm making. What's in it? It's bourbon, it's lemon juice, it's creme de cacao, which is a chocolate liqueur, like a white, a kind of white cacao liqueur. Nice. And red vermouth. Oh, boozy. Very boozy. I love it. Well, it's a it's a classic cocktail. So the 20th century, I think, uses gin and white vermouth, so it's like a and creme de cacao. And this one's a bit more like gutsy, a bit more American, which is which is newsies to a T. So this that I present to you now is the 19th century in honour of 19th century set musical newsies that we are going to be reviewing. Cheers. Cheers. Delish. Oh, that's good. I could have a few more of those. But before we talk about Newsies, let's, as always, start the podcast with your top tip, Al. Well, let's face it, usually you tell me things before I've even thought of them. You're like, I've had an alert, there's this on, but this one you haven't told me about. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually giving this directly to you. Sadler's Wells have announced their spring season for 2023. I'm not not today with Sadler's Wells. Okay, this is exciting. So the show opening this season is called Julie Cunningham and Company, How Did We Get Here? It is by the choreographer Jules Cunningham, and it is premiering at Sadler's Wells January the 19th to the 29th, and it is featuring Mel C from the Spice Girls. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because she did study she did Dance. study ballet, but this is a contemporary piece, so I think she is actually she's dancing. She's dancing in it. Yeah. Melanie Chisholm. She's, doing a, she's taking career That's music. interesting. When you said that, I thought she was going to be just doing the music, but... Well, Jules Cunningham reached out to Mel C from what I read a Guardian article, and they were a big fan of the Spice Girls growing up and, you know, just thought, why not? I'm going to reach out. And she wrote back saying that she yeah. really liked Sadler's Wells and would like to be... That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely go see that. So it's contemporary dance. It's contemporary dance. I had a look at some of the production images. It looks very cool. And it's only an hour long, no interval. Nice. The other interesting thing is I thought, oh, I bet the tickets are going to be really expensive. Hmm. It's general admission, unallocated seating, and it's £25. This sounds really interesting. It sounds interesting. And the other thing I love... £25, why not? Yeah. And the other thing I love is there's a Sunday showing at 5pm. They do that more and more now. Sadler's Wells do Sundays, which is good. we can drive and we can park. 
Interesting. So wait, when does this start? Tell me the dates again. So it's the 19th of January to the 29th of January. 2023. 2023. So just 10 days. Just 10 days and they're all £25 and I definitely think we should go and it's only an hour long. And you don't have to worry about what seats to choose. You can just... Get there early and suss it out. Interesting. Okay, definitely. I'm up to seeing that. Yeah, see Mel C do a dance piece. Why not? The other thing that I, um, when I was looking through this season for Sadler's Wells, is Scottish Ballet are doing Capelia. Uh, we like Scottish Ballet. We loved Scottish Ballet's uh, Crucible. Yeah, we saw Crucible recently. That yeah. was really good. And Capelia is a traditional ballet, but the it, again, the press images for this look incredible. Is that the one with the like aut- automaton like yes. doll that kind of comes to life? Yes. Oh, they do it at the Royal okay. Opera House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Royal Ballet, sorry. But this version looks like robots AI. Well, the last thing we saw, we said like we would definitely go see any Scottish ballet stuff. So that's definitely book, definitely book that. So Capelia is on at Sadler's Wells. Tickets start at fifteen pounds. It is one hour twenty with no interval. Oh, nice again. And that's on from the second to the fifth of March, twenty twenty three. Just talking about Sadler's Wells and seats for people that might want to book either of these shows let's just talk about where we would recommend that they sit because we, we usually go first circle the first circle and we sit at the back. back to the back two rows are usually quite reduced because you have a bit of overhang but it never cuts anything off of the stage really because dance pieces tend to not have anything going on up high it's not like you're going to see wicked and you're going to miss her flying up into the the top of the stage or anything. good point so we do usually quite like those so let's have a quick look now so for capelia mm-hmm. If you were to go on the back two rows of the first circle, which is where we we recommend you sit, those are thirty pounds. Okay. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Capelia, Capelia, yeah, it's Capelia. Capelia, yeah. Oh, that's a very good top tip. Love Sadler's Wells. Thanks. So let's move on to Newsies, which we've talked about in the podcast before. This is a Disney theatrical musical based on the 1992 Disney film, which was a huge flop. Um, starring Christian Bale, a young teenage Christian Bale was in the lead. It was a big flop, but it kind of got a cult following on like rental video and stuff throughout the 90s. And it sort of had such a big cult following, they decided to turn it into a stage musical in 2011 in America. Yeah, Disney did. It was a kind of out of town at the Paper Mill Playhouse, I think it was called. Did really well, went to Broadway in 2012 and won a couple of Tony Awards, had a big following. And then 10 years later, it's now come over to London so, so not that production though, a new production. Um, a new production, yes, but obviously the same. The same. I think it's still it, it's under the Disney theatrical umbrella. Okay. And it's come to the Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre, which we have never been to before. Mm-hmm. And Newsies is music by Alan Menken, who many people will know from his work in Disney. Lion Little... King. No, you always say Lion King. Why do I always That's say John. that? Why yeah. do I always say um, that? It's the first thing I think of when I think yeah. of Alan Menken. What I mean no, to say is Aladdin. Mean Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Little Mermaid, which you prefer You prefer all three of those yeah. over Lion King. And yet I don't like the Lion King. To the Lion King. I know. So Alan Menken did the music. Um, lyrics by Jack Feldman, who I'm not particularly familiar with, but he did write the lyrics I was Googling earlier to Coca Cabana by Barry Manilow. <laughs> I love all these little random yeah. facts. And book by Harvey Firestein, a Broadway playwright and actor and legend. And it tells the story of newspaper boys who were called Newsies and these young kids who would deliver newspapers all around New York. This is based on a true story about how they went on strike, basically, because they were being underpaid. 
the newspapers, and in this, the kind of the main newspaper is Pulitzer. He decides to put the price of the newspapers up, so they have to buy the newspapers from him to sell them. Mm-hmm. And so they decide basically to go on strike. And yeah, that's that's basically the story of it. And our central character is Jack Kelly. And then we have a female lead who is what she called Catherine Plummer. And she is a journalist who feels sympathy for the newspaper boys and is going to help them write their story tell their tale and it's all very kind of inspiring was it based on a true story yeah this actually happened there wasn't i think obviously there are different facts as to why they make it a bit more simplistic as to why the newspaper prices were hiked etc and but this did actually happen there were young boys who did sell the newspapers and they did have industrial action to kind of try and make their working conditions better and it then rippled out to other effectively children who were working in factories and various oh. other because there was a whole you know child workforce in the late you know 1800s mad, isn't it? yeah it is really mad it's really sad and then yeah I guess in lots of parts of the world that's still the case sadly yeah um but this is uh yeah so it's a disney musical it's all very it's all very fun and what this show i think this show got such a big following on broadway because it's very it's got a young cast and it's very dance heavy it's did you know what it reminds me of you know, like a lot of the scenes from Oliver Twist mm-hmm. where they're in the square dancing and there's a lot of people dancing at once in an outdoor yeah. setting and you're sort of looking up. I was thinking more Annie. Or Annie. This is more like Annie for like a slightly older audience, maybe. If yeah. Annie's for like, you know, 12-year-old girls. This is music. This is more for like your 16-year-old girls. And boys. And boys. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Like, how, this, how is a, this is a... Gender binary... But this is a show that I actually think, when I was watching it, I was like, if I was a boy watching this and was interested in dance, I would be loving it. Yeah, so obviously the Newsies are a big... They're the big group ensemble and they do loads of dancing. And it's good. It's... They would jump... I mean, thing oh, is, I actually feel like... You know, because I haven't been to see anything for quite a while, or the things that I feel like we have seen have been plays or small... I don't feel we've seen a show on this scale for quite a long time. What's the last no, big... No, we haven't been to see, like, a big musical for a long time. Because no. we went to the... Uh, we went to the Donmar Warehouse to see The Band's Visit, which was a very small musical. We haven't seen... I can't no, think I haven't seen big a big dance, dance, like, choreographed show. And sometimes when people, like, often at Sadler's Wells, actually, when they go to see, like, when we went to see Saturday Night Live, people that haven't seen a lot are quite mesmerised and kind of like, oh, wow, aren't they? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's really sweet. Like, they're, they're really amazed by somebody doing a cartwheel. Yeah. I felt like I was one of those people. I was like, look how high they're jumping, yeah. Oscar. Like, yeah. it really got me. I was like, this is very, very cool. I loved it. It's very loved like Jerome Robbins, who did West Side Story. They're going for that kind of, like, totally. all the guys kind of being, it's quite energetic athletic to say the least they're wearing vests they're sweating they've got braces on they sort of dance in like what do they call it in dance like combination is in like they come in sort of sets of four and do like a dance step combination from one side of the stage to the other and then another group come and they do another combination lots of kind of lots of pirouettes lots of leaps lots of it was great and even at the end when they did the um the applause at the end when people were coming on to do their bits even there was a standing ovation just for the dance that they did yeah they each kind of came and did their own little that was five out of five like that was incredible Mm. it was really good it was very and it felt very broadway felt very Um, broadway even though it's here on the west end that style of dance that kind of ballet meets jazz is very, very Broadway feeling. So I feel like, and that's quite enjoyable to watch, I think, as much as I love a West End kind of Six or and Juliet, this is like a style that I really enjoy when it's that really Broadway-ish um, 
And the choreographer we should mention, also the director of the piece, is Matt Cole, who he choreographed Fiddler on the Roof, the Chichester Festival Theatre production, which you did not see, but it had really good choreography. He did Oklahoma at Chichester as well, which we did see. Oh, I loved that. Um, And a Moore at the Charing Cross that we saw. So he's, yeah, director, choreographer, and I think, yeah, I think the dance was exceptional. I do. Like, that's what you're going for. To see that's that's kind of the thing that sells this show, and everyone was suitably impressed. I mean, they're swinging. I don't want to like ruin too much of the fun tricks they did, but there's some aerial stuff. Like they really used the space. Let's and it talk was about really... the space. Let's talk about space. Yeah. So let's talk about set design. No, by as in I, re- I want to talk about. The I want to go. I want to go back. I want to go way back. I want to talk about when I'm getting off the tube. I'm there. Wembley Park. I'm at Wembley Park now. You're usually there for the fit, aren't you? <laughs> when it's coming home. It's coming. Going yeah, down Wembley Way. I know my way. I know where I get my pie, yeah. my beer on the side of the street. Got to get it done pre-match. Um, but this so yeah, time this I was is... going to the Troubadour Theatre, brand new. Yeah, like... it, this opened in 2019, so just before the pandemic. We've not seen anything there. They've had a couple of, I think they did a production of Fame there. And that new Sleepless in Seattle musical had a little run there. Oh. Um, but we've not been. And it's like a big studio it's like massive. a hanger. It's, it's like a it's hanger. It's like a hanger. Yeah. And outdoors, they have huge undercover kind of bench seating and somebody selling hot dogs and chips, which yeah, I they was have like a pop-up loving. Like, van, oh, yeah. I don't have to spend six pounds on some round trees fruit gums. Like, yeah, great, I can actually have some nice food. Yeah. And then the bar inside was massive. Yeah, nice big bar. There was didn't seem to be queues, but there was nice a big crowd. Drinks. Big toilets. Big toilets, a good one-way system. All the staff were on it. So when you go inside, there's a huge big bank of seating and then the set is really expansive. It's probably one of the biggest sets I've ever seen. It's by Morgan Large. He did the set design and it's, yeah, it's like New York, um, like fire escapes, you know, like ladders going it's up. It's huge pane glasses of windows. Like you just don't see sets that big anymore. And it kind of wraps around to the sides. And there are walkways within it. Yes. And there's like... I really liked that. That reminded me of, it was very Disney, you know, where the kind of theatre expands. Or like Moulin Rouge that we really liked. It kind of puts you right in the mood, right from the beginning. So you feel like great. you're a bit immersive. And it felt, yeah, like you're in New York. Very. Um, and because it's a new theatre, like there isn't a bad seat. You could get, you could get any seat. There isn't, a, there isn't a great seat to get. Like they're all good. If you sat in the back row, you'd feel more distant, but you would have an unobstructed view. Yeah. And also, it's like we said, it's so dance heavy that I feel like, and it's it's kind of broad. It's a a family show, so I feel like from the back, you'd you'd yeah. get a similar experience. You're going to see those leaps, those pirouettes. I'd be interested to know. Like, we'll talk about ticket pricing at the end, but I'd be interested to know um, how much the seats on the right on the side were. Yes, yeah, so there are seats mostly facing forward, but then there are two small banks of seats on the side. So it's a three-sided stage, so the stage comes out a bit. So yeah, I wonder what the view would be like from those sides. You're going to be looking at the dance from a different view, because it's mostly performed out front, I would say. Also, I thought the crowd in there was an interesting crowd, like quite a theatre crowd. Well, I think because Newsies has this big cult following, there was lots of young people, young yeah. theatre. I was overhearing some conversations and all the young people there kind of knew their stuff when it came to musical theatre. They were talking about, you know, ori- the original cast recordings and different versions, you know. It felt like that. It didn't feel like big, just yeah, a sort of geek. love theatre tickets night out. Like it's not... Yeah, everyone was kind of there. It's not a dirty their... dancing crowd. <laughs> and this has already extended its run. So it's playing now. We didn't really mention that at the top, but it's extended. It was going to be on in January and Feb and it's now extended into April. So that's good. Wow. And I feel like if the word of mouth gets around, because I feel like people were really impressed when we went to see it, full standing ovation at the end. 
I feel like it could kind of do really well as a sort of, you know, one of the Disney shows in London. I do. Even though it's on the outskirts out in Wembley. But, you know, on the Jubilee line, it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, the main, let's just talk about Jack and Catherine, who are the leads. Um, Michael Acoma Lindsay was Jack Kelly, and I thought he was really good. Very charismatic. He's like the leader of the newsies. You could hear every word he said. I love yes, that you can hear every word what people say when they're singing. I'm like, good, we're hearing this song. Mm, he had really good enunciation. And then opposite him as Catherine was Bronte Barbe. Cool and, name. Yeah, Bronte Barbe. And I think she's real. You can tell she's musical theatre's like her thing. She, she had a very strong voice. Strong voice and strong delivery. She kind of got the tone of what her character was supposed to be. Plucky, but she wasn't annoying with it. She had a real charisma, I thought. Because um, that character could maybe just be... You know, it's, it's it's a male-heavy show. She gets the only real female character. I mean, there's Meda, who runs the the burlesque show, but she she's the only real female feature in it. And I feel like she just had... I really liked her presence and her, her voice was lovely. Mm. Real strong musical theatre performer. I thought, actually, that was a bit Meda, who, like I said, she's like a... She runs this... Saloon. Music, yeah, saloon. And so she has a number at the beginning with a kind of couple of saloon girls. And I thought, okay, this is a chance to like have some people other than the Newsies do a kind of big musical number. And it fell a little flat for me. She was a really good singer, the actress, but that number was a bit like, oh, this was your opportunity for like your we guys and dolls, Bushel a, and a Peck. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a big Moulin Rouge-esque number. Like there's in those girl, can-can girls. They yes, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were just came as out as can girls, and I was, And then we had the neon lights and I thought... Or something a bit gypsy, vaudeville, like yeah. a bit... It just kind of... I'd it, forgotten about it that until you just mentioned it now. I was like, oh yeah, that was a bit dull. Alan Menken can write better than that. Well, also the choreography. Choreography was, yeah. It they was didn't a even bit... have anything to do. No, that's weird actually, because some of the Newsy songs aren't the best songs, I would say. But what they do in the middle of them is they give you a huge big orchestration where they stop singing and all they're doing is dancing. Yeah. Why didn't they give the girls that opportunity? Yeah. Because when those same actors, um, when they came on at the end as the female Newsies, they were really good dancers, all of them. So... Yeah, and they, they were succinct and tight together. They, yeah. they could have done something just as good there. Yeah, so I think that number was a bit flat. Um, so that was one criticism. And then my other thing I was just thinking is that the dance was really good, but maybe it didn't have a... If you've been really nitpicky, it didn't have a particular... There weren't any, like, recurring motifs other than pirouettes, flips, leaps. There wasn't maybe... I was just thinking of, like, a Christopher Wilden had done it or even a Jerome Robbins. Oscar, I really think you're being critical now. Yeah, that was just, like, something I thought of. I was being really critical. Maybe there could have been a more, like, specific style to the Newsies dance that, that, like, if you're talking in the world of dance that like maybe signified or like a move that kind of they all did there wasn't like anything maybe uniform oh i see what you're saying is it like a little motif that they all did every time like that you kind of saw repeated in their dance maybe it's a really good point actually i don't know that's just me being super critical but i didn't think that at the time i wasn't watching it thinking hmm if only there was a motif just as i was like i thought you were thinking about in general i thought you were saying in general that like from that show you're not like there wasn't a standout kind of movement no there was there were loads of standout movements i I just mean as in like could there could there have been something something with the newspapers rolled up and they did something yes in the language of it even if you think about like I'm trying to think of a show that has specific moves that you would recognise from that show. I wanted something maybe that was more iconically newsies well, as a dance show. Like in West Side Story, the Jets 
do the, the cl- clicking. Yeah, yes, that's just it. one kind of move that repeated maybe. But that's just being super critical in hindsight, just trying to be like critical analysis and all that. Um, but I just thought it was brilliant. I had a really good time. Maybe, you know, it's a bit, uh, it's, it's broad strokes. It's not trying to do like a, in terms of like the politics of it, it's kind of like the underdogs and the bad guys. Oh, I wasn't really following the story. I wasn't like, I can't wait to see what happens next. I was not emotionally invested. I was just happy to watch that level of dance with fantastic scenery in a lovely big theatre. Yeah. And the jokes were a bit, you know, um, not pantoish. That's not the right word. Oh, were there jokes? Well, you I know, like, you know, the little boy, Les, he was super cute, but he was like irksomely cute, wise cracking little kid, yep. you know, and there was a guy called Crutchy who was on crutches, who was like, you know, ah, oh, Crutchy, we love him. It was like, say what you see. He's on crutches. He's Crutchy. <laughs> but it was all kind of really cheesy, good fun. I had a good, and I just, the dancing was incredible. Those it's dancers. It's a great show. It's and a great show. Like you said, young people, especially young guys seeing that, you could see it inspiring, like, young people powerful to dance, dancing like j- leaping through the air like, and to have a whole audience just in awe and giving them such a reaction oh what i did want to say is that the transitions remember we were just saying that in between each scene we thought they transitioned so well from one scene to the other because what was i talking my neighbor totoro that was one of my criticisms of that is that the scene transitions felt very slow and labored whereas this we didn't go from one scene to the other without at least four guys doing like leaps split jetes across the stage like they really just used them wherever they could to keep us the audience entertained fully it's funny because if you hadn't have said that i wouldn't have even thought about transitions because they were so seamless yeah you that wasn't something i'd have clocked but because you had just seen that thing at the barbican where they were so labored yeah you were like look how and i was like oh yeah but one thing when something's coming off in one corner of the stage there's already a band of boys coming on at the yeah. other side that you've looked You're at, watching them it moves different. things yeah. along so quickly. Yeah, and they're just a lot of energy, a lot of... Mm. And also, if you've got those incredible dancers, you use them. And there was... You're not wanting for lack of dance in this show and kind of big numbers. Yeah, Newsies is a success from both of us. We love yeah, it. Yeah, I would, I would see it again. I would see it again. So let's Let's do... talk about prices of tickets. Let's talk about yeah. where to sit. So we sat in the stalls. Um, oh, well, I mean, it's all stalls. It's like a sort of arena-y style seating. But we sat front on in... Oh, that's it. It's broken up into different... When you look on the map, it's broken up into regions of New York. So you have Flushing in the Bronx at the front, Woodside, Richmond. Then there's Brooklyn, which is the front row of front-facing stalls. And then we were Manhattan. So we were sat in the slightly second section of the stalls in row U and we paid £32 or something for our seats and they were fantastic. Great value. And so you can get those seats at the weekends. I think they're thirty-seven fifty, and I think they're thirty-two usually. Oh, that's good to know, isn't it? Yeah, that's most West End shows now. People don't realise that. Ask. Fridays and Saturdays know. are more expensive. Sometimes even a Thursday. This oddly in January, I was looking. They're not doing Monday or Tuesday. But they are doing Sundays. So they're doing Wednesdays to Sundays. I like that. I think yeah. going to the theatre on a Sunday is such a nice thing to do. Yeah. So if you go on the back rows of Manhattan, back two rows, £27.50 or £25 in the week, which is really good, I think. And like we said, you'd feel a tad distant, but you'd have an unobstructed view down of the stage. Um, if you want to go down in the front in Brooklyn, it's either £90 or £60. Um, on a Saturday. On the side seats, you then have the same. It's about £60 at the weekends, um, or 57 I think, in the week. 
And then if you go the very sort of furthest side, so the most side on, as it were, like you're kind of at the back of the stage at the side, they're £35, same as ours, but I think you'd be better off personally going a bit further back but being front on. I agree. Rather than being that side. You want to see dance you don't really want to watch from the side unless it's a small group. When it's a big... When it's a big big choreographed piece, that yeah. has been choreographed usually to be watched from the front. So yeah, that's I definitely think I would go back at some point. And if, it is running until April the sixteenth currently. So you've do you got think until there April might be 16th. some offers coming up? Today ticks? On today ticks, they are currently offering twenty-five pound rush tickets. So I should have looked at this in advance. I don't know where they put you. But for twenty-five pounds, wherever you go, you're gonna get a great view. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any other offers yet, but it's the run up to Christmas, so it's it's a bit rarer to see them in this season. But January, I'm sure there'll be loads of offers. Yeah, we'll try and do a podcast in Jan and Scott. But January does tend to be a quiet, the quietest time for theatre, so that is when you do see a lot of January sales for theatre. So it's always worth. Oh, can I ask you something? Mm. So people that are wanting to book theatre tickets for people as presents for Christmas, for Christmas, yeah. Dirty Dancing is on at the Dominion Theatre. Oh, it's coming back. Yep, it's coming back. I reviewed it in the show with you. Yeah. And um, we had a fun time, didn't we? We had a really good fun time. If I went back, I'd just go and see that dance routine. I'd go back for the second act just to see that dance routine. I loved that watching that dance routine, but I really, really love the show. You love the movie. I love the movie. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't go back and see it. I was like happy to have seen it, but yeah. Okay, but but it is a good gift. Yes. Um, Oh yeah, for anyone that loves the movie. Yeah, yeah, for people's moms or sisters. Like, I think Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, it's a fun mm -hmm. night out. Please tell me again where the good seats are because we always go and we sit on the circle and there's some kind of. They call them restricted view because there's a safety bar, but I'm like five five and it doesn't bother me. And they are they're they're a really good bargain. Um, so if, if anyone wants to put Dirty Dancing tickets, could you let us know where to sit, please? Yeah, we usually go in the circle. This is at the Dominion Theatre, Dirty Dancing. And we probably talked about this in our Dirty Dancing episode, if you go back and listen to that one. But we usually go for... So the first circle is split into two... There's like a walkway that goes through the middle, so it's split into two halves. And the first row of the back half is classed as restricted because there's like a safety rail, obviously, in front of you where that section begins. So those tickets are on a weeknight, I'm looking at, £35. And and that's row H. Uh, row H, yeah. I also think for, uh, well, actually, they're a tiny bit more, for £50, if you go in the stalls on the ends of the row, that's which, where which I one? sat. All, basically all the stalls from row A back to row Y the end two seats, so furthest out on the side. And you're kind of side on, but it's such a wide stage. A bit like when we went to see Sister Act at the Eventum Apollo. It's a similar build where you're quite side on, but it just doesn't feel like it because it's such a wide room and the stage is so big and open that I would recommend those end two seats for £55. That's great, thank you. And then my last question is, if people would like to book those tickets for people's Christmas presents, for Dirty Dancing... That's where we recommend you sit. And where would they buy them from? Um, just go on the, um, it's a, what's it called? Nederlander Theatre. So nederlander.co.uk. Nederlander. Nederlander. That's so each, like, you have to be careful because sometimes when you type in, like, dirty dancing tickets, it'll take you to, like, a London theatre director, a love theatre, you know, a non, a secondary sales thing. 
But you need to look at, so all the Western theatres are owned by companies like ATG or um, Delphont Macintosh and Nederlander. So they have um, like Tina the Musical, Back to the Future, Dirty Dancing. So it's the Old Witch of the Dominion in the Adelphi. Or just look up the actual musical page, Dirty, like the official, their official website. So it's dirtydancingonstage.co.uk. You just need to find that. Just make sure you're not on like a kind of secondary theatre sales website. It either needs to be the actual show page, the it, main show. Basically, you don't want to be on Love Theatre. Yeah, or Theatre Direct is another one that seems to, they often come up at the top of a Google search because they're the advertiser. Scroll down a bit and make sure you're on the actual website. So I don't think we've got any other shows that we're going to see between now and Christmas. We've not, like, Christmas gets too busy to to try and fit It does, and also I was looking at Christmas shows and I was like, do I want to see Hex again? Because I did really enjoy that at the National Theatre and that has come back. Oh, yeah. So I was like, do I want to see that again on a Friday rush? Or there's, like, um, Dolly Parton's Smoky Mountain Christmas is on Talk to me about that. What's that? I don't really know anything about it. I haven't looked into it. I assume she has that Christmas show at her theme park. Yeah. Um, So it could be a version of that. We could look into that. I just... It's been on my radar. I just kind of think... I've just been thinking I've got no time. But that might be quite fun. Elf, I think, is coming back. But I'm not that fussed to see Elf. I'm not either. Um, So, yeah, I think the Dolly Parton Smoky Mountain... Christmas Carol, I think it's called. Or there's various Christmas carols on. Simon Russell Beale is doing one at the Bridge Theatre. Mm-hmm. I just haven't, like, this year, I'm just not, just not got any Christmas shows planned. It's just a bit. But like we said, January gets very quiet for theatre and you get more offers. So that tends to be when we go and see theatre more in January, doesn't it? You're so right. Why are we trying to get this one into December? Let's just go and see something in January. The stuff usually runs into January and that's usually when there's more availability. Um, we're going to see, actually, no, you're not coming to see Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, the yeah, Almeida production. I'm going to miss it. That was in the news this week because the one of the lead actors um, who I, uh, I think was playing Blanche has pulled out of the production and so he's cancelled the whole first week. Can you imagine if we had booked to see it first week after having had our last Almeida, the Tammy Faye one, cancel on us? I would have been livid. But, so, because I think it started this week and they've had to cancel a whole week, so it's going to start late, but it's... Um, that's what I'm looking forward to in January. Did they say in the article why she's had to pull out or anything? No, I don't think it's they, it's not it's not been said. So must I feel sorry for like whoever that actor is who's had to pull out a lead role mm, like, in a huge big production. Yeah, I know it's got to be something really bad. And, and that must sad be really for all tough. those people. I wonder if they're going to extend it this time because I mean we were gutted that we weren't able to rebook because it was sold out. But this is a whole week's worth of people who will never get to see it now because it's, it's sold, sold out. A sold out run. Yeah, I need to sell my ticket. There's a ticket girl. We're starting an online petition for my ticket, and it's the highest bidder. Sealed entries. No, that's not. I don't think that's right. Do you not? No, I think you should return it to the theatre so it can go onto the open market. You shouldn't be scalping your tickets. Yeah, you're extortionate right. prices will end up like Broadway, where I'm people are paying out. like over a thousand dollars to see bloody Leah Michelle and Funny Girl. Do you know what I mean? I think it's mad. Keep theatre affordable. £25? Now it's well time to seize the day. <laughs> Newsies has really inspired me. If you're grumbling about the straight train strikes, get a bike, cycle over to Wembley, watch Newsies, and then you'll be like... It is, it's funny timing, isn't it, for Newsies, all about like striking, when everyone's kind of grumbling about Royal Mail and... The nurses. I'm like, let them have their strike. Or just let's just give them the money. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's just... Can we just pay everyone properly, please? 
Anyway, so that's it for this episode of Theatre Club Podcast on that impassioned note. And we will be back in the new year with our review of the Almeida Streetcar Named Desire and anything else we managed to see in early January. So until then, thanks again for listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Do follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. I've been Oscar. I'm Alice. And this has been Theatre Club Podcast. Bye! Bye!